Welcome to the Becoming You podcast. I'm your host, Megan, a mindset coach passionate about helping you feel empowered to be your most authentic and confident self. In these episodes, you can expect to find raw and honest solo conversations, practical tips, inspiring interviews and insights that will cover topics like self-awareness, self-development, anxiety, health, and so much more. If you're ready to take back ownership of your life and feel confident to step into who you truly are, then this podcast is for you. So let's jump into today's episode. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Becoming You podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about becoming aware of your thoughts and feelings and a little bit around triggers and why self-awareness is the key to healing, why it is the key to living a more positive and abundant life, how it helps you shift perspective and really transform your outlook so that you can show up more authentically and be more of who you truly are. Because most people never question why they think the things that they do or why they believe what they do or why they show up in a certain way. And this is why I'm so passionate about this work because if you were able to do this, you would be open to so much of the possibility for your life because you don't have to live in the way that you've been programmed to live, right? You don't have to feel unfulfilled, unhappy, stuck, replaying the story that was told to you about how life should look, replaying the story that it is what it is, because I believe that it is what you make it. And life gets to be joyous and abundant and fulfilling and you get to live with purpose if you are open to it. And when we can get really curious about who we are, all the parts of us, right? We can start to understand ourselves better and ultimately have a better relationship with ourselves. And if we have a better relationship with ourselves, that spills out into every other relationship we have in our lives. So I wanted to start by talking a little bit about the unconscious mind. And for those of you that don't know, our unconscious mind controls about 96% of our lives. That means the majority of decisions, actions, and emotions are coming from beyond our conscious awareness. So when you think you're doing something consciously and you're making a choice, it's highly likely that it's actually driven by a pattern of behavior that's in the unconscious. So have you ever, you know, got up in the morning, um, driven or got the train to work, and when you arrive there, You don't remember the journey, you know, you've forgotten about the journey because you are running on autopilot because you've done that thing so many times that you don't even think about it. When you get up in the morning and maybe you make yourself a coffee or you brush your teeth, that's not consciously happening. It is a pattern of behavior that has been going on for so long that it's just on autopilot. And the thing about running on autopilot is that the unconscious mind loves that. Because it's responsible for so many things in the body, if we don't have to think about our decisions, that gives the unconscious mind more space to restore ourselves and digest our food and all the other things that it needs to do to keep us alive, right? So it loves patterns of behavior. And that's often why you find yourself doing things again and again where you're like, oh, I know this isn't serving me or like, I know this is bad for me. Why do I keep doing that? That's because it's just a program that's been running for so long and we have to bring that program to our conscious awareness in order to change it. 
right? That's where the magic is. And this is why becoming aware is so important because we can't change what we're not consciously aware of. And if you are living on autopilot, you might feel stuck and lost and like your life is really out of your control. For me, um, it was all of those things, but also I kept reliving the past and really worrying about the future, so much so that I was never in the present. And that brings me to our thoughts. So I wanted to share something that I found in a book that I absolutely love. This book is called The Happiness Trap. It's by Dr. Russ Harris. And in his book, he talks about how we are just the observer of our thoughts. We are not our thoughts. And this blew my mind because I was like, oh, well, if I think something, then it's got to be true. You know, like if I'm having that thought, then it's definitely true. How can I differentiate between myself and a thought? If it's going on in my head, then it must be mine. And that's a really important thing to remember is that thoughts are just words, language, coming and going, passing by like clouds in your mind. And it's what you do with those thoughts that's important. Because we have about 70,000 thoughts a day. um, And I guarantee there are recurring thoughts in there, right? The ones that are negative, you know, whether it's, I'm not good enough, I can't do this, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm whatever that they repeat again and again, and they're the things that we are stuck on, they're the things that we, that really stick out for us. And so when we can realize that they aren't fact, they are just words, just language, it can be a lot easier to distance yourself from them. And one of the ways he says that we can do this is if you notice yourself having a thought, it's a recurring thought for you, it's something that doesn't serve you, In that moment, if you can catch yourself and instead of just having the thought, you can say, I'm having the thought that I'm not good enough or I'm having the thought that I'm a failure. When you do that, you create space between you, who you are, your being and that thought. And that gives you some more clarity to be able to assess that thought and say, is it really accurate? Is it really true? because our language creates our perception of reality. So my reality is not gonna be the same as yours, it's not gonna be the same as the next person's because our realities are shaped by our childhood, our upbringing, our experiences, our values, beliefs, etc. Not one person's reality is the same as another's, which is totally okay, as long as you can remember that and understand that your truth isn't necessarily the truth. And that was a hard pill to swallow for me when I'd spent so long thinking that, well, what goes on in my head is absolute fact, right? It's absolute truth. So how could somebody else not see it that way? Especially when they were demeaning things about me, like bad things about me that I thought again and again. I just assumed that everybody else had to think about me in that way because I thought it, therefore it was true. And that's the funny thing, right? No one is seeing reality in the same way that we are. And we are always our biggest critic. The other thing about words is that it's not really the words that have the impact on us. It's actually the meaning that we associate with those words, right? And a really good example of this he talks about in the book is 
if you have a recurring thought and it's, I'm a failure, when you think that, that like evokes an emotion in the body. Like if I think about being a failure, that makes like my heart race and I get a bit sweaty and I feel a bit shit about myself, right? But they're just words. If I was to say, I'm a banana, (laughs) that sounds like a ridiculous thing to say because I know logically I'm not a banana. And now all I'm visualizing is this big yellow banana floating around in space. But that's the power of words because both sentences, I'm a failure and I'm a banana, are exactly as untrue as each other. And yet one of those things holds so much power over me and the other one I can laugh at. So when we can start to kind of see things in a different way, in a different perspective, and maybe understand that just because we're thinking it doesn't mean it's true, that can be really helpful in starting to change your internal world. The other thing I wanted to touch on in terms of language, and I know that a lot of you out there will be doing this because I spent a long time doing this as well, is using words like always, never, nothing, everything. We call these like extreme words. And I'll never forget being in therapy and my therapist started doing this thing where she was calling me out every single time I use one of these words. And she started to question me on it and be like, is that, is that really true? You know, she'd say, are you always failing? Does nothing ever work out for you? And it got really annoying, obviously, because she was questioning my internal world. And at the time I was like, it's fact. Um, But after months of doing this and continuously questioning me, whenever I showed up in our sessions and I used one of those words in conversation, I'd started self-correcting. It got to the point where if it came out of my mouth, I would correct my statement and say, "Mm, it's not everything. It's that in this current situation, I feel like I'm a failure. Or in this current situation, I really feel like I'm not good enough. And now I rarely use those words because it's actually so important that we paint an an accurate representation of our reality. And when we use such words, we are distorting that reality. And this can also flow into our relationships as well. So if you get in an argument with your partner, for example, and you are saying to them, you never do this, you always do this, you know, you're always late, whatever the thing is, you're actually projecting your distorted reality onto them and they'll know that that's actually incorrect. No, that statement's not true. It can create tension and resentment in a relationship. And so when we can better understand the words coming out of our mouths and and our self-talk, we can communicate in such a healthier way and that builds stronger connections in our relationships and with ourselves, which is so important, right? Finally, I wanted to talk about triggers and I'm gonna give you a harsh truth, my love. No one else is responsible for how you feel it's on you and that can be really hard to accept and I used to spend a lot of my life triggered by other people and blaming them for making me feel a certain way now that's not to say that someone can't say something hurtful 
right? That's not to say that. But what we're talking about here is comments that are made, maybe conflict that's had um, with you and how you perceive that based on your reality and how that shows up for you is yours to own. It is nobody else's to own. And triggers are such a beautiful opportunity for us to look at what is not yet healed. And this can show up in many, many ways. But I wanted to explain what actually goes on when we are triggered. Because we all have within us so many different parts. The light, the dark, the insecurity, the jealousy, the joy. And we have our inner child. And our inner child is this version of you that is stuck at an age. Maybe it's between like three and ten. And when these situations come up, what happens is your inner child gets activated. Now, triggers are not thoughts. They are emotions in the body. So when you're triggered, it's not that you then think something. It's that you feel something. And there will have been a time that you experienced, you know, a similar situation and it made you feel a certain way and it's stored as a memory in the body. That gets activated and then without even knowing it, you are taken over by your inner child. It's your unconscious, you're you're not consciously doing this and you respond in a way that maybe you wouldn't as your, you know, normal adult self because your inner child feels threatened right? So an example of this, it might be, you know, if as a child, when there were arguments with your parents or whatever, you were not allowed to express your emotions, or you were often put into another room to be, you know, to avoid that conflict, you might feel like when someone has conflict with you, that you just shut down, or you walk away. You can't have that conversation because it's so uncomfortable, that your, your unconscious is like, we don't deal with that and we can't express how we feel. Alternatively, if you were raised in a household where there was a lot of conflict, it was loud, it was chaotic, you heard your parents scream and shout to get their point across, well, when someone brings you conflict, maybe your initial response is to scream and shout in that moment, to be seen and heard. And that's the thing, my love, is that we all just want to be seen and heard and to belong. And so for me, what I would do when I was triggered, especially in intimate relationships, because we know that these people, they are the closest to us. They see all of us, you know, even the ugly parts. And and my way of dealing with it and my inner child wanted to scream and shout. And so I was so irrational. I would shout and throw things and scream and it was really ugly and the problem with these kind of responses is we often feel shameful when it's finished right when we've had some time to sort of calm down regulate our nervous system come back to ourselves we get this sense of shame because we acted in a way that we wouldn't as our rational selves and so when we can catch ourselves in these moments and we can make a different choice. That is where the power lies. So when somebody says something to you and you feel it in your body, whether it's like tingles, whether it's your heart racing, a sinking feeling in your stomach, maybe you feel this rage coming over you, whatever it is, 
if in that moment you can catch yourself and take a breath, right? That can be so helpful in moving forward in how you're going to respond. If you shut down usually, then taking a breath can be an opportunity to remind yourself that I'm safe, I'm protected, and I'm going to give my inner child what I need in this moment. This helps so much and it's not fucking easy, let me tell you. It's not easy, but it is all about communicating. And so one of the things you can do in those moments is to say to the person that's having conflict with you that I'm actually feeling triggered right now. I'm just going to I'm just going to take a moment or I'm just going to go and sit in the other room. That was one of the things that I had to do was to walk away from the situation, take a breath so that I could come back in a, with more clarity and as my adult self. It will have a profound impact on your relationships if you can literally say out loud, I'm feeling triggered right now, right? When we do this, we are rebuilding trust within ourselves. We are letting that part of us, that child part of us, know that the wise adult is going to step in. We've got this. When you can cultivate compassion and understanding and love for that part of you who just wants to be seen and heard, it's a beautiful relationship to build, it really is. And you get to reparent yourself in maybe the way that you weren't parented as a child. You get to meet your needs when maybe they weren't met as a child. And that is fucking beautiful and it's powerful. And doing this will build a better relationship with yourself and also a better relationship with those around you. Triggers reveal so much about who we are, right? Why we work in the way that we do, why these things show up for us. And that's a gift. It's a lesson, it's an opportunity. When something comes up, and maybe it's not an argument. Maybe it's you see something online or you, you know, you hear a conversation and you feel triggered. That's an invitation as well to go inwards and say, why is this triggering for me? What is it bringing up? What emotion is that bringing up? And where have I felt this before? And what does my inner child need in this moment to get through this? And sometimes it's as simple as needing to take a few breaths. You can journal what's coming out for you. You can even call a friend. Me and one of my really good friends have this thing where when we get triggered by something in our lives, we will voice note the other person and be like, well, this just happened and I'm feeling like this. And we talk through it with each other because having someone else who's outside of that you know, situation kind of talk you through it can be really helpful for you to see another perspective. And that is the beautiful thing about being self-aware and being open to listening to other people's uh, perspectives and being really curious about who you are and why you're doing the things that you do. Building a deeper understanding with yourself is never going to be a bad thing, right? It might be hard and yes, these things are difficult, but the more that you do it, the easier it becomes and it's liberating, It's liberating to be able to know yourself and love yourself and show up authentically as who you truly are. So I wanted to keep it as short as possible on today's episode, but I really wanted to touch on 
how self-awareness plays such a huge part in our healing, how we are the observer of our thoughts and not our thoughts, and give you a couple of things that you can do to help you in those moments. So when you are having some difficult thoughts, some recurring thoughts, being able to put that distance between yourself to say, oh, I'm having the thought that, so that you can accurately have a look at it. And then with triggers, you know, really understanding that when you are triggered, it's an opportunity, it's a lesson to really go inwards, to look at what's not been healed and ask yourself why it's coming up for you. Taking a breath and then being able to come back to those situations as your adult self more calmly and allowing yourself to build some beautiful relationships in that. So I would love to know what resonated for you from today's episode. Please slide into my DMs. Let me know. I love to hear your feedback. I hope you have a beautiful week and I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would love if you would share it on your Instagram and tag me at Megan Scully underscore. Till next time, my loves.